0: In our wisdom series, we're wrapping it up today. This is such a cool Sunday because uh, we're closing it out. Thanksgiving was last week, Christmas is coming. But what I wanna draw your attention to, and you're hearing something right now, it's on purpose. Everyone's looking around. Who's talking, who's talking? Proverbs is written to a context that assumes that there's a ton of voices vying for your attention. Okay, it's like we're sitting in a room trying to focus and everybody's just being loud. And, and, and so what happens when we read Proverbs, what happens is we need to remember, and actually, why don't we just listen to it for a second. We'll count down, it'll turn off. Doesn't this like, isn't this what life sounds like sometimes? Just, ugh, I can't focus. So let's count down. Five, four, three, two, one. Ah. That's what Proverbs wants us to do when we read wisdom, this wisdom series, this, this wisdom literature. See, all these voices try to pull us in in their direction. Buy this, be that, do this, do that. And it's like voices, voices, voices. And what I wanted to start this morning to, to remind you that I think is, is written all throughout Proverbs in this tone and this posture is that, and I'll put it up on the screen, is that we don't get to control every aspect of our life. We don't get control of all the voices that are speaking, but there is one thing we do get to control every time. We always get to choose which voice we listen to. We always get to choose which voice we listen to. So if you could, we did a little sound effect that had voices and we paused it, but now the hard work is to do it up here and in here. If you can, just for a few minutes this Sunday, let's pause all those other voices. And let's listen to wisdom. Let's listen to God's voice. Last week, Talka had this great definition of wisdom. It's up on the screen. It's simply, it's just understanding applied. Or another way to say it is knowledge lived out. Knowledge lived out. And that maybe we're already educated enough to be faithful. That Sunday morning isn't just about learning a new thing that we then go and don't live out. (laughs) It's about... Being faithful in what we already know to do. It's time to start living it out. And that's what wisdom just keeps urging us to do, is to live it out, live it out. So today, we're going to close out our wisdom series by focusing on joy and happiness. It's such a cool Sunday, as I said before. This is kind of like this hinge Sunday for us, where we're closing up our Proverbs uh, series on wisdom. Thanksgiving was this week. Christmas is coming. And it just seems like this is the right time to talk about joy. This is the right time to talk about happiness. So happiness and joy are, are similar, of course, but there are some differences that I want to point out today. Uh, it's up on the screen is happiness is circumstantial. We understand happiness is circumstantial. So sometimes this can be great. You know, things happen and we're like, dang, that was so cool, or we got this thing, or this person came home, or whatever it is, circumstances align and, and it's, it produces happiness. Like, it's so cool. And since happiness is circumstantial, it doesn't usually last long. And we understand that happiness is kind of this thing that comes and goes. Maybe it's fleeting at best. Happiness is circumstantial. Now, joy, we have a different word because this is a different thing. Joy is not based on circumstances. Joy is based on our perspective. Joy is based on our perspective. The authors of Proverbs Keep making the point when we talk about wisdom is that people who trust God, who understand God's way of life, not fully, but enough to do it today, so understand God's way of life and stick to living from his perspective. It's those people that experience the most joy. Trust God and stick to living his perspective. That's those people that experience the most joy. I think we see that in Proverbs chapter two, verses nine and eleven says this, it says, then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Okay, so we got to learn some stuff. And you will find the right way to go. That's this right path. For wisdom will enter not just your mind, but your heart. And knowledge will fill you up with, church, joy. I love that. And then wise choices will watch over you. And understanding will keep you safe because we know joy and peace go hand in hand. And safety is a big part of that. And we're entering into a season where our culture is going to try and tell us or maybe sell us the idea that stuff makes you happy. And that joy, they would say, is found in selfishness. It's about getting. But we know better than that, right, church? We know better than that. In fact, I think there's this bigger point that I want to make this morning. We talk uh, about joy and wisdom and how to wrap it all up. See, this perspective of the authors of Proverbs, the people writing all of these things, they're trying to convince us that we don't experience happiness when we don't experience joy when the goal is to experience happiness and joy. I'll say it again. I think Proverbs is trying to convince us that when we set happiness as the goal, we miss it, or it's fleeting and it doesn't stay. When we just want to try to bottle the joy that we're feeling and hold on to it, and we stop living wisdom just to experience joy, we we lose it. It makes you happy for a bit. You know, you buy something, you do something, whatever, travel, you do it, and it fills you up for a bit, and then it wears off, and then what happens? You have to do it again. And again, and then as you do it more, what do you need? It needs to be shinier and bigger and better. And then you look at your bill and you don't experience joy <laughs> or freedom or peace. You experience regret and panic and dread. You're not more filled up. You're more empty. And I think for us, for me, you'll hear me talk a lot about how this is a message that I needed to hear this week. I think for us, we need to get to the bottom of it. We talk about wisdom in the season that we're in. We've got to get to that deeper level. So, Proverbs is trying to say that living with wisdom is the goal. If you want to experience joy, live with wisdom as the goal. That's the idea. One of the outcomes of living a wise life in the way that God defines it is experiencing joy. Proverbs thirteen nine says this. It's very simple. The, the life of the godly is full of light and joy. Now, if one of the outcomes of living a wise life is joy and doing life the way that God defines it, it, it leads to joy, then church is the opposite true as well. See, at this, this point is going to come with a bit of a heart check, as it was for me this week, is that if the life that you are living today, that we are uh, living today, is not leading you to experience a lot of joy, you have to ask the question, are you living a wise life? Or do you need to make some changes? I want to work on that today, because God wants joy to be a part of your life consistently. Consistently. I'm going to, talk to, uh, I'm going to prove that, I think, with a couple of scriptures coming up in a minute. But I think that God's plan for your life is to consistently, maybe not in every moment, but to consistently experience joy. Has anybody ever been on a road trip or done like a big hike? Raise your hand. Anybody? I'm not going to call on you and ask you to share, but okay. So most of us. So um, me and my friends about 10 years ago thought it was a good idea to hike Half Dome in a day. Has anybody done that? Okay, good. You're smarter than me. We hiked Half Dome in a day. It was something like uh, 18 miles or something like that. It was crazy. We woke up before dawn and got back after dark, but it was awesome and awful like my legs i didn't think they were actually going to hold me on the way down and we walked like that for hours on the way back it was crazy but there was a stretch of a few hours where we didn't know if we were on the path at all now i know with like gps and things we don't get lost as often as we used to driving but we were definitely lost that day on the hike because we had never done it before we didn't really know if you guys ever been lost on a hike you know, like that specific feeling where you're like, "I know I can't stay still. I have to keep moving, but I don't know if I'm going in the right direction." There's a path that goes, "I don't know if this is my path." Like, "Oh." And then we saw this signpost, put a picture up, and we're like, "Oh, yes." I mean, I know it says we still have lots of miles to go, but at least we know that we're on the path. We're on track. Now, signposts are super important. Uh, they can encourage you. They tell you where you stand. They could guide you. I love this. They, can, uh, they, they help encourage you, even if you may have nine miles left, that at least you're on the path, right? And so my question is today, if, if you don't see any signposts that you're on God's path, what do you do? How do you apply this wisdom that we've been talking about now for for two months? And and maybe some things. These are meant to be really practical. So if you want to write them down, great. Take a picture or something. That's great. So here's the, here's the first thing I want to start with today. We talk about joy and wisdom. Use that hiking that path analogy. Is this first one? Joy is a signpost that you are on God's path. Church, I really want you to hear this today, that joy is a signpost that you are on God's path. Now, joy is not based, I've already said it, but let me say it again. It's not based on circumstances. You can be at that family dinner and still experience joy. You can, be, uh, you can be at that, that tough time. You, could be, you can get that bad news. You can be in that difficult situation and still experience joy because joy is based not on circumstances, but it's based on a perspective. I'm not saying every moment's going to feel perfect, but joy should be a part of our life. Why do I think that? Because Jesus says this in John 15, verse 9 through 11. He says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me remain in my love. That's like his, his, his commandment, like remain in that. And then he talks about obedience because that's how you remain in it. He says, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Cool. Just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. Jesus never asks us to do something he hasn't already done himself. Verse 11, I have told you these things so that you will feel more religious... So that you will feel like you're a perfect person. That's not the goal. What's the goal? So that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. How are you doing with that today? And what do you do if you're off the path and you want to get back to it? Here's the thing I want you to write down. If nothing else, this is it. Number two, I'm going to put it on the screen, is gratitude helps you to find God's path. If you are lost, like I was in uh, Yosemite, and you just need to get back, the, the GPS, the, the way that you find the path is actually very simple. It's start with gratitude. See, I love being a part of the teaching team here at Voice. <laughs> I do, I love it. But over and over and over, it seems that the topics that land on my like scheduled days, because we like schedule it out, are always, like, my weak links, you know? Like, the things I struggle with the most, as if, like, Taka's, like, stolen my journal, and he's like, yeah, Eric really needs to to talk on joy today. Like, man, he didn't do that, for the record. He doesn't do that. Um, But if you, like, lined up my family, like, my wife and my kids, and, you know, and they are like, okay, in a word or two, describe Eric. They, I'm pretty sure they're not going to say, joyful. That guy is joyful. Wow. You know, hopefully they'd say some other nice things first, but like that's not, I've never been accused of being a super joyful guy. And Taka says this a lot about himself, and I definitely relate, is that I'm the type of person I walk in and I notice problems. I notice the, the imperfections. I notice the things that, that, I, that we could do better. I start solving those problems. And then those problems don't exist anymore, and I don't like stop and celebrate. We don't have problems. What do I do? I move on to the next what? problem. And it doesn't leave a lot of room for joy. And it doesn't leave a lot of room for gratitude. It's just. And I've I've had to approach this differently this week. And this is what I want to share with you this morning. I've had to approach gratitude this week a lot like I would approach a new discipline in my life. It doesn't come as natural as it to me, as maybe hopefully it does to you. It's this learned skill. Uh, And so before I came up here to tell you if this works, I did a little experiment, and I'm going to put some sentences on the screen, some kind of wisdom that has led me to act on this. So the first one is that I know, I know that comparison is the death of contentment and peace. Do you guys know that? Comparison is the death of contentment and peace. So what I did is I took all social media, shopping apps, and I took them off my phone for the week. Because if I'm busy looking at things and, you know, abs and stuff that I don't have, what does that lead to? Well, discontentment. Not the opposite of peace, where I just feel like I have this lack. I know the second thing is that my mind is extremely impressionable in the morning. So what I did is I wrote out all the things that I'm grateful for, or maybe not all, a few things that I'm really grateful for in my journal, and I focused my prayer in the mornings strategically on gratitude. Before I did anything else, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect at it, but it was just, you know, it was this discipline that I tried to, to create. And then the third thing, I know that uh, when I talk through important choices with others, I'm more prone to stick to those new habits. We'll call it accountability. I don't know. But uh, so I talked to my wife. I shared a little bit about this. I talked to some friends about this. And it really made a huge difference. And this week, it totally worked. Like, totally worked. I experienced more joy this week than I have in a very long time. And here's the thing, church no circumstances changed. I did not win the lottery. My car didn't magically birth new tires. I still had to pay for those tires, right? No big answers to prayer came. But what changed? My perspective. What I was focusing on. How I was living out this wisdom. I chose to apply wisdom, focus on gratitude, and what happened is I thought of myself less. Not less of myself, but thought of myself less. And my perspective changes and I experienced more joy. I caught myself like doing dishes and feeling good about it. I'm like, whoa, that's not me. Woo, what's happening right now? And the book of Proverbs is so cool. It was written in a time when the nation of Israel had this very specific annual calendar. I'm going to show you a graphic um, that, that very much was instituted by God. So here's their rhythm. It kind of works in a circle. You can see how our months in black there line up against uh, their, their months. And every arrow was a festival based on a story, based on a time that God uh, was faithful to them, that something happened in their history as a nation. And so what they would do in big ways and in small ways is they would come together and celebrate this often in the year. And if you look at it, it's every couple of months. So imagine like in our terms, like Thanksgiving happens every three months or every two months. And so God's desire to be close to his people has never changed. Okay, so if you're close with God, you experience joy. That's why wisdom is so important. I'll say it again. If you are close with God, you experience joy. That's why wisdom is so important. It keeps you close to him. And so God's strategy for keeping the nation of Israel close to him was to constantly and consistently remind them of the times that he was faithful. And what was meant to come out of this rhythm of life was gratitude all the time. Because gratitude always brings you back to the path. And this entire culture, it seems, was built on this rhythm of gratitude. Church, is gratitude built into our culture? Our rhythms? <laughs> no. Once a year? Right? Maybe twice, right? I, I mean, like, so I think, church, what we have here is an opportunity. You know, they say, uh, if you're like a long-distance runner, they say um the, the weakest link in your, uh, like, in your running is, is actually cool when you discover it because you strengthen that weak link and you become a stronger runner. It becomes one of your strengths, right? And I think for us, for me especially, uh, w- what I needed to realize is that I need to institute a rhythm of gratitude that does not exist in my life. I need to implement a rhythm of gratitude that does not exist in my life. And so those of us who want to live with wisdom and experience closeness with God, we're going to need some reminders about gratitude. I need reminders about gratitude. Uh, Proverbs 12.1 talks about this, this idea of uh, implementing a new discipline or a habit. It says, uh, Proverbs 12.1 says, To learn, you must love discipline. And uh, I wish they would write this for church because it's super non-PC. And then they also say, it is stupid to hate correction. <laughs> okay. Uh, Proverbs 1.33 also says, but all who listen to me will live in peace. I read several brain studies this week because I really needed to be convinced that gratitude was a big deal. Uh, you know, I, I need to like learn my way into obedience more often than not. And what we know now, and I can share the study with you, uh, it's out of Berkeley. What we know now, what scientists can prove they did this little experiment is that people who focus, this is non-Christians, who focus on gratitude and write thank you notes, like they write it down, experienced uh, in their language uh, more, uh, stronger mental health and more peace, and they were more willing to give generously. They experienced more peace, in my language, more happiness, and more joy than those who didn't in their study. So here's what I'm challenging you to do. In the seat in front of you is a little stack of sticky notes. Go ahead and grab them. Go ahead and and dig in there. Uh, What we did is we had these made for you today. If you're watching online at home, uh, grab some sticky notes or uh, come to church and we'll we'll, uh, give one to you. The idea here is I want this to be the way that we do something with what we've learned today. So on the top, it just says joy that sticks, and there's a little verse there that reminds you to rejoice in all things at all times because of what God has done. So here's what I'm challenging you to do, and I'm going to do this myself. These, I want to be a strategic reminder of basically what you guys have already done on the walls. This is a chance for you to remind yourself. That's a good way, too. We just heard Siri... How does Siri know my voice? (laughs) It's fun. I want this to remind you of uh, the things that God has done. To be grateful. This should be, I don't think we should underestimate a strategic reminder. So here's my challenge. It's pretty simple. I'll say it a couple of times. First thing in the morning, first thing in the morning, coffee maybe can come first, but first thing in the morning, before phones, before tasks, I want you to write one or two things that you are truly grateful for. Like real, like, like deep down, the things that, that really matter. Start with those things. And I want you to post it somewhere where it's going to catch your eye more often than not. For some of us, it could be a, like a car dash, a mirror that you use to get ready. I don't know. Where, whatever spot makes sense to you, I want you to put it there. And then each morning... I want you to add another one, and then add another one, and then add another one, and that's it. That's it. And I would love for you, I would love for you to maybe, once you get a few of these collected, to just take a picture and post it, tag voice, and that way we could share. It's not to brag or whatever. It, it's, it's like we did on the walls. It's to share with others the reasons that we have to be grateful. Because I bet we have a lot of the same things that end up on the sticky notes. See, what happened for me this week was all I did, all I did was at a strategic time, I put in front of my face, I I focused myself on the reasons why I can be grateful. And it absolutely changed my week. It changed my week. Heaven forbid we use these things for, like, grocery lists or, you know, reminders or things. (laughs) I really want us to use these for for gratitude. Now, in just a minute, uh, Pastor Joe is going to lead us into communion. And I think communion is the perfect response, perfect response to this. But if you could, let's stand and let's let's say a prayer together, and then um, Pastor Joe will lead us in communion. So as we stand, and Lord, we're just holding something very simple, a sticky notepad. But God, these very simple reminders can absolutely transform our perspective on life. God, I pray that this church, as we close out our wisdom series, continues to live out the wisdom that we found in in your word, that we live out the wisdom that we found in Christian community, God, that we don't want to be over-educated, that we don't want to be educated past our level of obedience, that we, God, now want to implement these things. And Lord, if we don't know where to start, we don't know where that path is, I pray that we would start with gratitude. Gratitude will absolutely pull us close to you. Lord, as we think about the things that we are truly grateful for, as we decide which spot we're going to stick these simple sticky notes to, I pray that you would meet us right there, that that you would absolutely increase our joy this season. Not just on Thanksgiving Day, but maybe this entire holiday season would, for us as voice, would be just a continued celebration of your faithfulness. God, may we be the most joyful we have ever been this holiday season. Holy Spirit, some of us are listening to voices that are telling us all the things that we lack, all the things that we're not. And that voice is just trying to get us to be absolutely focused on ourselves. Today, God, when we experience the freedom that gratitude can show us, where we just think about ourselves less and get our perspective up to what you're doing in the world. Holy Spirit, meet with us now as we take communion, as we sing and respond. Holy Spirit, would you show us and remind us how much the Father loves us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
1: Let me just read a, a verse to you that, you know, being part of the teaching team as well, you get to hear some of these messages beforehand in a summarized form. And, and you know, when Joe was, did his, did his you know, teaching as well as Eric, the one word that keeps coming into my mind is contentment. And let me read uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. It says this, Yet true godliness with contentment is in itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can take anything with us when we leave it. So we have, if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. And I think that's been a word that I have struggled with. Oftentimes when I'm talking to other people who make so much more money than me. Because when I say things like, I, I'm just trusting in the Lord, Sometimes, because they've told me before, they translate that as, I don't have the drive. Or, I don't have the work ethic. Or, I'm not willing to sacrifice X, Y, and Z so I can make that particular salary. And one of the cool things, and I was talking to some friends in this church about being in the faith for such a long time, is that a lot of the times you can kind of block those voices. Because I'm able to look back and see how many times God has been faithful. And even though this has been my struggle, I've been driven to make more money. I'm thinking of make, what can I do to create more salary so that my family can live more comfortably. I kid you not; it has it has never been so clear to me that as much as I pursue financial gain, if you keep reading, it says it often leads to not having peace. And go back; Timothy six talks about this. And, and, and it leads you to a path of destruction. Because oftentimes we compare. But when you find true contentment in the things that the Lord has already provided and we rest in, rest in the understanding that everything that God has provided is more than enough, we can rest in the fact that Jesus has always been faithful. If only you knew how much I paid to live in the house that live today. It will bring so much faith to your life. If I can talk and we can talk about forever. How I used to live in this nice luxurious apartment for this amount of money. I cannot tell you how clear it's been to me. As I look back. That God continue and will always be faithful. And I've always had a hard time trusting in the Lord. Especially in this area. So, a couple of things before we get out of here. Number one, um, I just want to make it more clear, because I don't think I have made it clear enough, that the, the partners that we part, the group that we're partnering with, Elimination Foundation, there's some stockings in the back for you. The whole purpose and the whole goal is just to fill it up with whatever you feel like you need to put in there, whatever fits your budget, It is to go ahead and and, and help those in need in this city. If you want to do that as a family, if you want to do that with your small group, if you could if you're able to grab four or five stockings and do that, we just encourage you to go do that. Number two, before we dismiss, we always do a free offering. And, and it's whatever the Lord has placed inside your heart. And you know, doing this time of Thanksgiving, I think it's so easy to look back and just be thankful for things. And, and this is our opportunity to just worship the Lord. And then lastly, before we dismiss, um, there is a connection kind of again behind you. And if you're new here today, you could take it to the new hair booth. And you know, we've been closing our services by allowing or so not allowing by, by praying with you over here. And and we and that will still be open. But can I encourage you to do something different today? Like as we worship, there's nothing special between the elders. God is here, God is faithful. And if you just want to worship the Lord for an extra five, six, whatever it is, where you're at in just just shout a voice of praise and let him know how thankful you are this is going to be open for you but if you got plans there's no there's no shame do what you need to do and as a family so let me just pray and then we'll go ahead and dismiss lord we just want to say thank you lord jesus for your faithfulness Thank you, Lord God, for everything that you've done and will continue to do, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the message that Eric preached to us, Lord. I love the way he teaches. He brings forth such clarity, Lord, and I appreciate my brother for all the time that he's invested. And I also pray, Lord Jesus, for everybody inside this room, that we will learn to write words of gratitude and be reminded of your goodness and faithfulness, Lord. We love you, and just let me pray. Amen.